0: EHS on tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Kevin Shoemaker, senior product manager for EHS Hero, about using technology to improve your workplace safety. And now, on to the interview. How are you doing, Kevin? Doing well, Jay. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, I was wondering if we could start off by uh, having you tell, tell me a little bit about Basic Safe and what you do there and what it offers.
1: Yeah, so BasicFace is essentially a tool that would help any EHS professional or anybody working uh, as an employee and needing to get their safety information in an automated format. It's a software as a service product where we allow people to both author and manage their lockout tagouts or SDSs, their incident management. There's just so much to do anymore with the OSHA regulatory requirements and the EPA and DEQ regulatory requirements that... You know, you're supposed to keep your incident records for seven years, keep your SDSs for 30 years, keep your training records for 10 years or, you know, everything's got time limits on it and record keeping requirements. And we keep track of that for people and allow them to automate those processes so that they can get out on the plant floor and spend time observing their people, showing their people how to work safe, doing things to implement and improve safety instead of doing administrative tasks.
0: Excellent. And full disclosure we we're, we're both owned our companies are both owned by the same <laughs> parent company but um but I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about how Basic Safe got started because uh you know obviously you started it uh before you were bought by oh, yeah. uh, by Simplify but you know how did you get started in this business
1: It's a pretty interesting story. We had a we my background I'm an electrical engineer by by education and by licensure and everything and so we were doing manufacturing automation in a, uh, actually a Kraft Heinz facility. And I got to be friends with the safety manager there. And he, he said, you know, I'd have to go to all these different places to get all my safety information. to get my employees their safety information. Couldn't you got really good programmers. You guys are automating this line. Couldn't you guys automate that? And I said, you know what, that's a great idea, but I think it's such a great idea. I'm going to give you a discount and keep the intellectual property and we're going to create it as a product. And essentially, that's how it started. Was just a one-stop shop that would allow people to put all their safety information into one place and allow their employees to access it all quickly and easily in one place.
0: And this was 2004. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been around a while. Um, and Frank, the other thing that I think is a real good thing to say about Basic Safe, is everything that was in Basic Safe was put into it because a client asked for it. We didn't do anything where we thought, oh, we have this idea. Mm -hmm. We're going to go make this product and hope somebody buys it. It was all done because a client asked for it.
0: And how has it evolved over the years?
1: It's gotten – it's grown a lot. I mean, there's a lot of modules now. I mean, when we initially started, we just had lockout, tagout, SDS management, and policies and procedures. And now we have action management. We've got a scheduler. We've got PSM. We've got incident management. Uh, we can investigate all kinds of different incidents. It's all configurable by the client. Uh, we we made everything configurable because we realized early on in our uh, development of the product that the clients like it to be their way. It's kind of like, you know, I don't remember if it's Burger King McDonald's that you get it your way. That's the way the clients like their EHS program. I think it was Burger King. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, they want it their way and they want to turn on the parts that they, they need for their program. And, and as their programs get more mature, they need to be able to better focus. And so a more mature program may have more data analytics and more reporting than somebody is just getting started, you know, recording their incidents, for instance, you know, you, you want your employees to just get, make sure they report them to begin with, and then you can start getting more data as you get them used to reporting them.
0: Um, and so, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you've kind of seen sort of the evolution of how, you know, how this information is collected and, uh, you know, put together. But, you know, how can, you know, what's sort of your, your take on how technology can help companies improve their safety programs?
1: It's a big time saver. <clears throat> that's that's one of our biggest. In fact, we almost feel like our business is a time-saving business versus a compliance business the compliance is certainly a feature that you get from the, pr- the tool as well but the benefit is the time saving we've had clients that have told us it saved them as much as 75 percent of their time to build their procedures using our tool because you set everything up as pull down menus you get it all in a step-by-step database format that makes it easier just for your mind to get uh, wrapped around how you're going to build those things. And and for reporting, it's just infinitely, I mean, we had people that would, not infinitely, but we had people that would spend a week pulling together their monthly incident reporting for, you know, they might have, have 18 sites. And when they implement a system like ours to get that same reports, like two seconds, because they push a button and it comes out. So searching, reporting, and saving time, those, those are all, it gives people, the, you know, a lot of their day back to go out and, and help the employees, train the employees, observe the employees, and try to, you know, do things out on the plant floor to prevent accidents and injuries.
0: And now, you know, obviously technology is, you know, a huge part of everyday life and everyday business. Are you surprised? Are there still many companies that, that use outdated technology to run their EHS programs? That
1: That's a can that's a that's a I'm still surprised by that today. Mm-hmm. We'll have people that will actually even look at our tool and go, you know what? we just we're just gonna keep doing it on paper or we're just gonna keep doing it in Excel and Word, you know and and manage it ourselves, you know through file folders and what so forth that i would I would bet that fifty percent of the companies out there are still doing things by hand.
0: fifty. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, I I guess I can sort of surmise that part of that is financially driven. They don't want to spend the the money for you know software or something like that. But like, is it part of it just you know stubbornness that they you know they know they're they're doing it. They've always done it that way, and they want to stick with that. Like, is that what you, is that what you're seeing? There's,
1: or? there's some of that. There's some that think that by hiring additional people that that'll solve the problem. So they'll They'll staff up and hire more people into the safety department. So I've seen, you know, a thousand employee facilities that would have six or seven people in their safety department. Um, so some of them throw throw that type of effort after it. Um, some of them is just what they know. That's what they know. So they don't want to change. They're too, they're resistant to change. And uh, some of them, they don't they don't have the insight to to see how it's going to save them time or see how it's going to save them the money. I mean, oh, we had, we are right. go ahead.
0: No, no, go. You go. Sorry. Right.
1: No, we had an instance where a plant manager and a safety director at a facility that was using our product that they both retired at the same time. And the new people came into the, the job at the same time, you know, and it happened to be a Monday. And that also happened to be a day that the ocean inspector stopped by. Oh man. And so they were, Untrained in Basic Safe. They'd never used it before. They were brand new employees on the job. And here's the Ocean Inspector knocking on their door saying, I need to come in and see your records and take a walk through your plant. Well, they were even being untrained and unfamiliar with basic safe, they were able to get into the system and print everything out that the inspector asked for. And the inspector didn't even go on a plant walkthrough. He said, All your paperwork's in order. And our experience says if all your paperwork's in order, then your program's in order. So I don't really need to take a walk through your facility and i think that's a great testimonial and a great example of of what a safety management system can do for you
0: so when you're looking at uh you know a company's ehs program like what are some of the biggest issues that you see um you know as you sort of go in you know visit these different companies as whether they're clients or not
1: um I oftentimes see they will have things that will discourage people reporting incidents because they're trying to keep their incident rate lower, thinking that, you know, that that's a good practice and that's just not a good practice. Um, I've seen people that have implemented systems like ours that got upset because after they implemented the system, their incident rates went up and it wasn't that their incident rates went up. It's that people had a simple method for reporting them now. And so they were, were reporting them. They didn't really go up. They just were being underreported before because people would just, you know, so and, you know, just the paperwork associated with it. You know, if you've got a thousand employees and you're having them go through, you know, a 100 trainings a year, that's that's a lot of employee records that you have to keep when you start thinking about seven years of records. And if you're putting those into file cabinets, trying to keep that organized, trying to find those. Those records, you know, when you have SDSs, uh, we've got companies that have four thousand chemicals they use in their daily, you know, daily jobs in their facilities. And think about trying to trying to go through binders to find, you know, somebody got a chemical in their eyes, and you got to thumb through a binder to find the right binder and the right SDS versus just searching for it and getting it in like two seconds and finding out what you need to do to treat that person to save their vision because they got some chemical in their eyes. Right. I mean our you know our mission as basic safe was we build software that saves lives and we make it usable and useful and it's to hear stories from clients that they saved a guy's vision or they you know they feel like they prevented an accident by using our software it just is it just makes me feel good about the job we do
0: and and you're still seeing a lot of binders out there I, i remember you know i used to work um on healthcare safety products and you know we dealt with msds and sds and uh yeah the binders were like the big thing you know everybody kept all those sheets in their in their binders you still you're still seeing those huh
1: oh yeah every every doctor's office i go to because i you know you just chat with your doctor as he's examining you or your dentist or whatever I, eventually they come around to ask me what do you do <laughs> and i i said well we help people like you you know with your safety program, what do you do for your SDS sheets? Oh, we have them up front. They're right behind the receptionist. <laughs> and half the time their nurses will go, what? I didn't know you had those up there because, <laughs> you know, they just don't train their people, don't know right. where things are. And it's just not really what the intent of the regulatory requirements are.
0: What, um, speaking of the regulators, um, you know, how, how has their position changed over the years in terms of, Uh, you know, having that information, you know, uh, having those records stored on, you know, in hard copies as opposed to, uh, you know, now making it digital. Uh, how, How have you seen that evolve?
1: Well, like that one that went to that one company that, you know, didn't even do an inspection. I think he was pretty pleased with the fact that it was automated and they literally instantly could find every record he asked for. So I think I think it depends on your inspector a little bit. I've also I've also heard from other clients of mine where the inspector would come in the facility and say, "Okay," I uh, and walk over to their router and disconnect it and say, "Okay, now show me all your records."
0: Oh wow! How did, so what happens there?
1: Well, for those clients, I had instructed them to use the mobile app. So grab your phone and show him, or grab your iPad because it's still. You know, if you still have service through cell signals or, you know, and then, I mean, I guess if the guy really wants to be a, a difficult, you know, inspector, they can say, well, you know, let's shut down your cell service or shut down your cell signal, assuming you lost power here. So they, they have a little bit of a valid point, because if you right. lost power and you couldn't get out there to the Internet and you had somebody get hurt, what are you going to do?
0: So what's the answer?
1: I think I think having the. Uh, Every every module we have, we have it set up to where you can dump it out as a hard copy. So you can dump all your reports, all your files, all your da- data out as hard copies. It's just it's a redundant system that's only set up for those outliers, like losing power completely or something like that. Usually, even if you lose power, you're going to still have access on your mobile phone. And so we've developed standalone apps that will run even if you don't have power. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, or even if you don't have cell service, you can still have your lockout tagouts on your phone. Still have your SDSs. Still report an incident. Still have your policies and procedures. All those things can run on your phone, even if you lose service. So as long as you have a mobile device that's available to to an employee or a supervisor, you would have coverage through our system. But um, it is it is a challenging, stressful thing to go through for someone being audited, I think, or inspected.
0: Sure and I, and I guess you know if you've got an inspector who insists on seeing a hard copy then then you sort of have to go to that that option where you can access that dump it out yeah yep. dump it up. yeah um let's talk about uh risk assessment uh you know how important is risk assessment in in you know as your as a company is you know sort of setting up its pro e h s program you know at I
1: think it's I think it's I think it's really important because risk assessment can give you a quantitative method of assessing your risk. Because you may have a place that there's never been an injury or an illness, but because of the severity of an injury that could occur there, you should do things to prevent that. For instance, I used to work for a company that would fry potatoes well, that fryer's got like a 1,000 gallons of oil at 450, 480 degrees. Well, if you you were to drop water into that, you've seen what happens when water and oil gets together. Mm -hmm. You know, it instantly turns the water into steam in an explosive manner, which is going to splatter oil all over the place. And those kind of things have happened. And, you know, rather than walking your employees by that fryer every time they come into the plant, have them come through a different entrance, so they don't walk by that. The, a risk assessment would give you the ability to look at that and go, the severity of an injury if somebody gets hit with, you know, four hundred and fifty degree oil, you know, that could cause a death. Right. You know, so so it gives you a, a quantitative method, and it also gives you a quantitative method to go. Okay, we did all this work this year in our EHS program. We developed these procedures. We reengineered these these things. We re. You know, we revamped the whole methods for getting in and out of the plant, all the different things that you did, your exit strategies for an emergency exits, that kind of stuff. You can then, after you've done those things, reevaluate your risk assessment in those areas and demonstrate to management, look, we went from you know, having ten items that were over a ten, I mean, depending on how you set up your scoring, that were over a ten, which means they were highly dangerous and the high probability of severe accidents to less than three. So you can show progress. And I I think that's one of the things that I kind of missed when we were talking about, I guess I mentioned the reporting, but having accountability and measurability, you know, the old saying goes that if if things that get measured improve. And so just the fact that you now have methods, you know, how many audits are getting done on time? How many injuries are getting investigated on time? How many near misses are getting reported? How many... You can all that measurability and accountability is now in your system. You can look at your risk assessments and go, you know, we reduce re- we reduce the overall risk assessment totals for this plant from you know three hundred to one hundred in three years. That's a big deal. You know.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, I was looking at just at uh, some of the uh, industries that you that your company serves. Um, you know, you've got know timber uh, manufacturing construction government food production i was wondering like where have you seen the most growth over the last 10 years in terms of um you know just people using your product
1: in the manufacturing realm and i think they're the ones that get a lot more attention you know from ocean specters because they mm-hmm. typically have a lot of employees but i'm also starting to see and have seen for a little while a lot of growth in the construction industry if you look at areas that are more dangerous construction industry is one of the more dangerous industries and i think because of that they're getting a little bit more attention and so i i think we're going to see come the struggle with the construction industry as they do projects all over the place Mm -hmm. at different sites with different risks and different you know different challenges every place that they go sometimes and so there's there's a lot to stay on top of a lot of documentation a lot of training that needs to be done and And it's a cost to the company. And so a lot of companies struggle with, you know, making money and being competitive and absorbing that cost. But I think construction is going to be a big, a big one. And I think government entities are getting a little more uh, conscious of it. Uh, There's a lot of states that have kind of been of the attitude of, you know, OSHA doesn't really regulate us because that'd be like, you know, we can't we can't find. Ourselves. our own government entities you <laughs> right. know and so they have not paid as much attention to it but there's some states like ohio they they actually enacted some legislation where they can make the you know the the people that are making those bad decisions like we're not going to have a safety program or we're not going to do the safety training or we're not going to use the pbe those people can become personally liable in in the state of ohio and when that happened it was funny how many people wanted to have good confined space programs and good, you know, lockout tagout programs after that. But before that they were, it wasn't as big of an issue. Hmm. So I think, I think that's going to become a bigger opportunity as well.
0: Um, Go ahead. Are you seeing, uh, I know that uh, inspections had, you know, kind of quieted down obviously because of COVID Uh, Are you seeing things picking up now uh, as you talk to your clients?
1: I have not heard of things picking up. I think it's still, I think it's still, they may, they may, you know, check the paperwork, make sure you're doing your paperwork right. But I don't, I have not heard of there being uh, inspections starting up again. Not, not at the frequency they were before COVID.
0: And of course there's, you know, I guess, uh, I've heard the possibility too of of remote inspections, as you know, you don't necessarily have somebody come out to your site. You know, you might might be done sort of, um, you know, electronically. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I imagine you're still telling your clients you need to be, you know, uh, tracking everything.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We we actually have some clients that actually give OSHA a temporary password into our system so they can see all their documentation and see all our investigations on incidents and so forth. So you know it just depends on the company some some have a really good relationship with OSHA, like they're v p p you know they're part of the v p p programs and they they really are wide open to OSHA coming in and seeing what they do, and some people that still kind of don't realize that OSHA is there to help them, not necessarily to punish them unless they're you know doing illegal things
0: right <laughs> um so Let's sort of, you know, I know it's always difficult to sort of predict the future, but, you know, you mentioned earlier that sort of 50% number of 50% of, um, you know, people still are using, you know, uh, paper or, you know, sort of uh, old school documentation for their safety programs. Do you see that number rapidly going down or is it still going to be kind of a slow sort of adoption rate uh, as we we move forward?
1: I think it. I think it's a cost thing. I think safety people are not very good at convincing, you know, the, the management suite of people to spend money on safety. You know, something will happen and somebody has a serious injury or they have a death at the facility and all of a sudden there'll be a flurry of spending and then it'll, and then it'll trend down back, you know, and kind of return to normal. And I think, I think it's, I think it's gonna to continue to go down just like it has been for years, but I think it's gonna continue a slow trend unless there's something that happens that changes the industry to make it I mean, there's some systems you can buy out there that could be as much as a million dollars a site to implement a system and people pay those kind of fees to get their safety program, you know, automated. But I, I think it's gonna to have to, you know, kinda of go through some consolidation and and maybe come up with some methods that get the get the pricing mm-hmm. it, it's not it's kind of one of those things where you look at it and go that's not that's really cheap if you're sending your people home safe every day versus okay. one losing an arm or or dying right that you know that's really cheap but it's almost like people have to have that experience before they realize how how cheap prevention is
0: Right, yeah, the reactive as opposed to proactive, right? So
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, well, Kevin, uh, I want to thank you for joining me today. This was uh, very educational, and I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have you back in the future to talk about uh, various safety issues. So thank you so much. You bet. That wraps up episode eighty-one of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at EHSDailyAdvisor.BLR.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope to join me next time.